Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. This is God's word. Not Pastor Edmund's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for this great time we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you for the spirit of God that is here. We thank you for the anointing to teach and receptive hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I heard a story about a young man named Alex. And Alex was in the foyer of his church staring at the wall of this big, huge plaque that had a whole lot of names on it with some little flags beside each name. And as Alex stood up looking at this big plaque, the pastor just happens to walk by. And so he stopped the pastor and said, Pastor, what is this big plaque? And the pastor said, well, these are people who died during service. And we put their names up here to honor them. And they both looked at the plaque again. And Alex looked over to the pastor and said, which service was it, 9 or 11? <laughs> Some of y'all will get that when you get home. We're starting a new series for the next few months entitled Amazing Grace. Just write that down, Amazing Grace. And this topic, although to me is a foundational Christian topic, I believe that most believers do, do, do not understand and grasp the full understanding of what God's grace is all about. And so I want to warn you in advance, especially those of you who've been saved for a while, I want to warn you that some of what I'm going to be teaching may contradict what you were taught. And the reason I say that is because many of us were subliminally taught that we must work our way through salvation. Even though we were taught that we were saved by grace, in the back of our minds, we think even though we were saved by grace, we have to work to to stay saved. And so this grace factor, which is what I'm going to call it, is going to help, I believe, all of us see God in a better light. And because we live in a world full of fear and anxiety and depression, the church should be the place that people should come and hear the hope of God. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. And so what stimulated this series for me is uh, I see a lot of believers who spiritually disqualify themselves from God's best because they measure their relationship with God based on how they act or based on their works. Instead of based on what Jesus did. In other words, you disqualify yourself for what God wants for you because you're measuring that based on something you've done in the past. But how many know the blood covered it all? Amen. 
So I want you to find three verses of Scripture. I want you to find John chapter 1, verse 17. Then I want you to find Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And then finally, I want you to find Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Now, I'll repeat that. That was John chapter 1, verses 17. That was Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8. And then Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Let me tell you a story. Uh, many of you know last year we moved. And uh, the previous home that we owned had a swimming pool. And, uh, you know, anytime something went wrong with the pool, we just got it fixed. And so when we moved into our new home, of course, it has a pool too. And uh, when we purchased a home, we also purchased a home warranty. Now, the, the, the heater on the pool just kept breaking on the, the new house, just kept breaking. And so we were just paying cash for it to be fixed. I mean, we paid just lots of cash to get it fixed because kids want to swim in the wintertime. I don't understand that, but they do. And so in order for them to do that, the, the pool has to be warm. And so uh, it would work, and then it would stop. It would work, and it would stop. After spending hundreds of dollars, I got fed up and decided, let me call my realtor to find out who, uh, you know, who else I may can use as a pool reference or whatever. And lo and behold, my realtor informed me that we had a warranty that covered the pool. So all this time, we're paying money for something that was already paid for. And I believe there are many believers who are trying to pay the price for a sin they committed when it's already been paid for. Amen. Let me give you the definition of grace, and then we'll look in John chapter 1. The definition of grace, it means to be accepted. It means a benefit. It means favor, and it means a gift. I'll say that again. Grace means to be accepted. It means a benefit. It means favor, and it means a gift. In John chapter 1, are you there? Say, I'm there. All right, verse 17, it says, for the law was given by who? By Moses. But it says, but grace, everybody say grace. But grace, which means favor, which means benefit, which means a gift, came. It says grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Notice what Jesus brought to the world. He brought grace and he brought truth. Look in John chapter 1, look in verse 14. It says, and the word was made what? Flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father. Watch this now. Full of what? Grace and what? Jesus was full. Everybody say full. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Listen, remember the situation when the woman who was caught in adultery and all the men brought her to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, this woman was caught in adultery. What do you th think she, she needs to happen to her? Now, they even said, the law says she must be stoned. So Jesus took his time. He 
bowed his head. He began to write on the ground. And then he looked up and he said, you who are without sin, throw the first stone. Now the scripture says each one of them walked away. But let me give you something you may not have thought about. Jesus was the only one who had the power to throw the rock. But he never did. As a matter of fact, Jesus said to the woman, he says, where are your accusers? She said, they have all gone. He says, neither do I accuse you. Go your way and sin no more. Everybody say, that's grace right there. That's grace right there. Amen. Go to Philippians chapter 3. I know I gave you Ephesians, but go to Philippians chapter 3. Let me show you something about your state as a believer. Philippians chapter 3, and I hope I get through with my lesson uh, this morning, because if not, I'll just carry it over to next week. But I want to finish this in its entirety. Philippians chapter 3, look in verse 9. It says, and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by what? Notice he says we need to be found in him not having our own righteousness. And he says, listen, he equated our own righteousness to the law. Notice he says, and being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. So when we begin to try to make ourselves right before God, we end up pulling ourselves into the law. And let me tell you something about the law. You cannot, I cannot live up to the law. Nobody could. That's why Jesus came. And see, the law, if you live by it, you must die by it. See, the, there were so many laws in the Old Testament. I mean, you say, well, pastor, what do I live by? Well, I'll show you that in just a second. We don't live by the law. We live by love. Amen. Go to Titus chapter 3. Now, let me just read it to you. Write down Titus chapter 3, verse 5 and 7. It says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Listen, an inheritance cannot be worked for. It can only be died for. Listen, you can't work for what God has died for you to have. Jesus died for you to have certain things. You can't work for them. And see, I know some of you all are going, well, pastor, then then why do I obey God? We should be obeying God because we love God. See, this is when you move into the want to and not just because you have to. How many grew up? And you went to church because you were made to go to church. Let me see your hand. Mm -hmm. How did that feel? I remember years ago. Everybody say years ago. Say back in the day. I mean back in the day, Pastor Evan would come in from the club. It would be about 3 in the morning. My dad would be sitting at the kitchen table reading his Bible. And he would look at me and say, good morning, son. You will be going to church in the morning. I had to go. 
But guess what? I didn't turn out so bad. Amen. But see, the law says you have to do this or God doesn't accept you. And the very opposite is the truth. And a proper understanding of grace, watch this now, will remove the stain of a sin conscious and cause you to know you have eternal life and you can expect God to bless you. See, you know, I don't expect God to bless me because I'm a good boy. I expect God to bless me because I'm his son. Amen. Go to John chapter 8. Go to John 8. I'm, uh, go to 1 John. No, go to 1 John. Go to 1 John 9. I'm a, uh, 1 John 3. Let me, let, me, let me show you something. And I'm about to say something that I'm going to rattle some of you off. First John chapter three. Watch this. Here's the, here's what I'm going to say. You can't commit enough sin that grace can't erase. I'm going to say that again. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he looked like he's talking to you right now. You can't commit enough sin that grace. Can't erase. Because grace is a state. Grace is not an act. See, when you got saved, he pulled you out of darkness. And when he put you in the light, guess what happened? He put you in a state called grace. And the Bible says, do I sin that grace may abound? It says, God forbid. But it goes on to say, but if I sin, grace much more abounds. Listen, there's not a sin that, that grace can't erase. Listen, when I got the full understanding of this thing, this is years ago. When I got a full understanding of grace, I'll, I'll never forget. I was sitting in service and I'm hearing this teaching on grace. And I realized, listen, that I was obeying God because I felt that if I didn't, God wouldn't like me no more. Or God wouldn't bless me anymore. And so I was obeying God out of the law. And I'm listening to this word and then it realized and dawned on me. Listen. I can go back and do what I used to do and still be saved. Oh, that's kind of deep, ain't it? I'll never forget sitting down right there in the service. And I'm hearing this teaching on grace. I was like, wow. In fact, go to Ephesians. We ain't going to read 1 John. Go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians. I'm just going to flow the way I feel like it this morning. Can I just do that? Go to Ephesians chapter 3. This is the one I gave you originally, chapter 2. Look in verse 8. Watch this now. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. It says, by grace, by gift, you have been saved through faith. What is the faith? The faith is the finished work of Jesus Christ. By grace are you saved through faith and that, that gift of faith, is not even of yourselves. Watch this. It is the gift of God. Watch verse 9. Read it with me. Not of works, lest any man. If you could work your way into heaven, you would disqualify yourself. 
As a matter of fact, because I hear some of you all are thinking, when I got the revelation that I was saved by grace through faith, and I knew that I was saved, born again of God's spirit, and I knew I was a son of God. When I knew that, and the reality of grace hit me, I said, I can go back and smoke weed again. <laughs> now, y'all don't understand what I'm saying. Because I got a revelation of that thing. I said, well, I can't. It's not, listen, it does not change the status of my sonship. So I'm just going to smoke myself as a son. And then the next thought came to me. Because, see, most people say the first thought comes to you as God. That's not true. Because God wouldn't tell you to smoke weed. But the second thought immediately came to me. And this is what the thought said. But if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So now my obeying God has nothing to do with the legalistic part of it. I do it now because I love him. I'm not bad. Paul said, listen, he said, all things are lawful unto me. I can do anything I want to do. He said, but all things are not expedient. Just because I can do it don't mean I should. Just because I can don't mean I will. And when you understand grace at the level that I'm talking about, you will free yourself from your past and your present. Because, see, there's some people today locked up in condemnation and guilt. You haven't let it go and got it. He has forgotten about it a long time ago. Amen. I'm going to say it again. The proper understanding of grace will remove the stain of a sin conscious and cause you to know that you have eternal life and expect the blessings of God. Amen. Go to Romans chapter 5. Go to Romans 5. Let me see how much time. Oh, man. My gosh. Today, I'm going to have to move forward here. Romans chapter 5. Watch this now. I'm just going to back this up with scripture because I want you all to go home with some balance in your mind. Romans chapter 5, look in verse 20. It says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. What did it say? Where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. Can someone say amen to that? And most people who are saved don't know how free they are. And most people who are not saved don't know how free they can really be. I'm going to say that again. Most people who are saved, they really don't know how free they are. And most people who are not saved don't really know how free they can be. The only cage you in is the one you made for yourself. And I'm telling you, if you live by the law, you will count how many times you pray a day. You will count how many verses of scripture you read. And you will consciously take tally of how many times you mess up. 
But see, God's not up there counting how many times you mess up. He's counting how many times you got up. The good man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. You know why? Because grace is there. That's good teaching right there. Because see, I, I believe there are some people here today, and I'm closing right here because I'm out of time. There are some people sitting in this room today. You have subconsciously, and some of you all consciously.